0: Welcome to the Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Isaiah chapter 24 today brings this section of God's judgment against the world to its completion. Behold, Yahweh will empty the earth and make it desolate, and he will twist its surface and scatter its inhabitants. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest, as with the slave, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress. As with the buyer, so with the seller. As with the lender, so with the borrower. As with the creditor, so with the debtor. The earth shall be utterly empty and utterly plundered, for Yahweh has spoken this word. The earth mourns and withers. The world languishes and withers. The highest people of the earth languish. The earth lies defiled under its inhabitants, for they have transgressed the laws, violated the statutes, broken the everlasting covenant, Therefore, a curse devours the earth, and its inhabitants suffer for their guilt. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are scorched, and few men are left. The wine mourns, the vine languishes, all the merry-hearted sigh, the mirth of the tambourines is stilled, the noise of the jubilant has ceased, the mirth of the lyre is stilled. No more do they drink wine with singing, strong drink is bitter to those who drink it. The wasted city is broken down, every house is shut up so that none can enter. There is an outcry in the streets for lack of wine, all joy has grown dark, the gladness of the earth is banished. Desolation is left in the city, the gates are battered into ruins, for thus it shall be in the midst of the earth among the nations, as when an olive tree is beaten, as at the gleaning when the grape harvest is done. They lift up their voices, they sing for joy over the majesty of Yahweh. They shout from the west, therefore in the east give glory to Yahweh. In the coastlands of the sea give glory to the name of Yahweh, the God of Israel. From the ends of the earth we hear songs of praise, of glory to the righteous one. But I say I waste away, I waste away. Woe is me, for the traitors have betrayed, with betrayal the traitors have betrayed. Terror and the pit have, and the snare are upon you, O inhabitants of the earth. He who flees at the sound of terror shall fall into the pit, and he who climbs out of the pit shall be caught in the snare. For the windows of the heaven are opened, and the foundations of the earth tremble. The earth is utterly broken, the earth is split apart, the earth is violently shaken. The earth staggers like a drunken man, it sways like a hut, its transgression lies heavy upon it it falls and it will not rise again on that day yahweh will punish the host of heaven in heaven and the kings of the earth on the earth they will be gathered together as prisoners in a pit they will be shut up in a prison and after many days they will be punished then the moon will be confounded and the sun ashamed for yahweh of hosts reigns on mount zion and in jerusalem and his glory Will be before his elders. This is the word of the Lord. So, as I mentioned, this this chapter ends up serving as the end of the oracles against the various nations. Really, you could even say it's the bookend uh, that Chapter Thirteen began in a a slightly similar method as this chapter does. The nations in between, in all the chapters we've done the last couple weeks, were representatives of the earth's mighty nations. Of all the best mankind could offer, and none of it was good enough. We are laid waste for our pride as we try to stand before the Lord on our own two feet. This is Judgment Day that this text is a reference to for us today. This is the last day as God returns and brings about the judgment upon creation that we deserve on account of our sin there is that little section verses 14 through 16 of a remnant the people that that survived the people that still were faithful to the lord and get to rejoice for those listening today to the podcast if you are one who follows christ if you are a believer if you trust in his promises verses 14 through 16 are you That's your place in this account. For everyone else, it's the rest. We are all sinners. We have all done the evil things that are being spelled out here. But yet in the cross of Christ, there is hope. There is life for us. So it begins with God's judgment in verse 1, and really verse 1 would be terrifying to imagine. I mean, if you think your children are, are mature enough, and you want to invite them to really imagine this picture, go for it. God emptying the earth, twisting its surface. I mean, actually seeing the world around you being distorted. Might be the easiest way to say that. Physically reshaping, scattering people. I mean, absolutely terrifying to envision that. Verses 2 and 3 simply pointing out there is no distinction, that all people are judged in this. The New Testament takes that phrase in a positive light for us, that there is no distinction in Christ Jesus. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female. We are all one in Christ Jesus our Lord. But this here is being spoken just of the general judgment on on the last day. That we will all stand before the judgment throne of God. And the earth will be empty. Verse 4, the earth mourns. Paul talks that way in Romans chapter 8. That the the earth is crying out like a woman in, in pain of labor. The highest people of the earth languish. We talked about that in the previous chapter, that our pride really is the source of our downfall. It's our sin that causes us to fall. And so the people who who are trusting in themselves, who have built up for themselves, they fall. Verse 5 is a... Really, it's sexual imagery right there. Um, The idea that as a man might abuse a woman. So we, as the stewards, as the caretakers of creation, so we have abused the earth. We have abused the creation that we were supposed to care for. So uh, again, the man is to, to love and care for and cherish the bride and not harm her. So we were created to care for and to to cherish the the rest of creation to be its caretaker and we have done the opposite we've broken the law the statutes of the Lord we've broken the covenant we had with God which requires bloodshed verse 6 a curse now devours the earth because of our sin uh, that's Genesis chapter 3 that we first learn of that Cursed is the ground because of you as God speaks to Adam Few men are left, so that hints to the remnant, points us to verses 14 through 16 coming. Verses 7 through 9, the partying of creation, uh, the sinful man's reveling heart, it all comes to its end. There's no more. Verse 10 starts with a wasted city. Um, That's the first time that Isaiah has used the Hebrew word here, wasted, that we have. But he's going to use it many more times in the book as it moves forward. And it's a word that really gets at the idea of reversal. So you see here, the wasted city is broken down. So looking at the verses right before those cities that were rejoicing in their own their own sins, their own pridefulness, reveling in their, their lives, the way they were apart from God, that's reversed. They're torn down. Everyone turns in on himself. Every house shut up. Verse 11, joy has grown, grown dark. I mean, joy is such a a good word. Where your treasure is, which Jesus ends up saying, where your, or where your treasure is, there your heart will be also in the gospel text in Matthew. And so, so it is here. The, the joy of this people, their treasure was not the Lord. It was the things of this world. And so as those things are removed from them, they have no joy left. What they had is gone. And their gladness is gone with it. It's important for us to remember, and especially as Christian parents, as we teach our children in a world that is all about pleasure. And we are a hedonistic culture. Pleasure over pain. Seek pleasure. Avoid pain at all costs. It's important for us to teach our kids. That's not the goal of the Christian's life. My goal is not happiness. My goal is to love God and love my neighbor. And yes ultimately when we're in paradise we will be happy but that's not our aim here verse 13 points at the idea that when you when you harvest very little is left behind there's going to be little left to live on so we've already mentioned 14 through 16 are kind of the the highlight for us in a sense, the remnant is rejoicing that they get to live people from the East and the West from all over creation gathered together as God's people. It's a major theme, uh, both in the old and the new Testament that God will provide salvation to his creation. But while we rejoice, Isaiah is mourning, just as we saw him back in chapter 22, verse four, he mourned there. Um, here he mourns again as he sees the loss of of all those around him. And he, he calls out just as he did in chapter 6 when he thought he was about to die, when he was called by the Lord. He said, woe is me. And so he yells that here again. And then the traitors have betrayed is something he said just two chapters ago, back in chapter 21, verse 2. So a lot of repetition there from Isaiah from his past in the book. Verse 17, 18 point out something we've been talking about throughout the oracles, and it's that you cannot escape the judgment of God. So here are three different forms of the judgment, and you escape one of them. What happens? You just get caught by another. Revelation almost has that kind of a picture as well, if you're trying to track through all the different things happening there. If you avoid one bowl or one trumpet, it seems like just another's going to get you. The judgment of God is thorough and complete upon sinners. Thankfully, we know that that thorough judgment upon us sinners was completed upon the cross. And so we will get to be with Christ in paradise because he has given himself for us. He has taken our sin, our curse upon ourselves. Paul even says that, uh, that makes that comparison that Jesus hung on a tree on a cross took on the curse for us, became a curse for us. Verse 18 has similar language to the flood in Genesis 6 through 9, that the windows of the heavens are opened. Verse 19, violence tearing apart creation. We get the idea of earthquakes there. That could be a conversation with your family. What earthquakes can you recall in Scripture? There are several Uh, But a few of the big ones that hopefully will come to mind, the one is the the cross on Good Friday. That one's a big deal. Uh, As as creation groans over the death of God. Not just Good Friday, but then also the the tomb on Easter morning. There's an earthquake as the the rock is removed. And then on, uh, well, not on a particular day. I don't know the day. We don't know the day. But in... In the book of Acts, chapter sixteen or seventeen, um, you have the earthquake that helps set God's people free from their jail cells. So there's a few you can find some others though, but it could have some interesting conversations around some of those events. Verse twenty just concludes it that the the completion of of the judgment upon creation. It falls. Sin has broken it down. It will not rise again. Creation instead, as we will hear later from Isaiah, is going to be remade. We'll get a new heaven and a new earth. Now, we don't know what that looks like. uh, And it would be reading into it too much to make too many guesses. Um, But we have a promise from the Lord that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And that we get to live with him. And that it will be without sin. It will be without all of this that we've been looking at. So again, verse 21, the reminder that this is the last day on that day. Nothing in creation will escape God's judgment. Whether the angels in heaven or the kings on earth, all will be judged. We even know that about the angels, that some will be judged good, uh, that some will, will be in that new creation, and others will be cast into that fiery lake of sulfur that has been prepared for the devil and his angels. And then lastly, a note for today, verse 23. You can ask your children where light comes from. This is an interesting reality that scripture gives to us. In the Genesis creation account, light exists before God creates the sun and the moon and the stars. And in the New Testament, we learn that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And so here, that's the picture we're getting. The moon and the sun are ashamed. They're confounded because Yahweh reigns. The moon and the sun are no longer needed because the sun, S-O-N, of God reigns from heaven above. Jesus is the light of the world. He takes their job from them. His glory, his the shining of his brightness will be before all people. So a better end and uh, a wonderful start if you look at tomorrow's subtitle. God will swallow up death forever.